Shall we? <laughs> it says here, we did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup, which caused our failure. And then this is the statement I wanted to talk about. It says, being convinced that self manifested in various ways. So convinced means to believe with certainty, yes? So being convinced that self manifested in a lot of different ways. Manifest means it appeared, yes? It showed up, it manifested. Manifested in various different different ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at self's common manifestation. Yeah? So if you hear it, he's separating you and self, right? He's saying being convinced that self manifested in all his ways has defeated us. So us and self are two different qualities, yeah? Now, we talked about it last night. How does self defeat me? It's when I call it myself. So I would say that's the act of being identified. As soon as I become identified as self, yes, then that self can manifest into my life various different ways, and those manifestations are my ass-kicking, basically. Yeah? And it's defeating me. So it says, all right, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, Let's look at its common manifestations, yeah? And in the next paragraph it says resentment. So if you follow the logic, all right, so self manifested in various ways or expresses in various ways, right, is what has defeated me, yeah? So resentment is an expression or manifestation of self. So when I'm in self-centeredness, I look at life in a certain way that provokes or promotes resentment, yeah? That view promotes the resentment. So now, that resentment is defeating me. But it's not me. It's an expression of self. Can you imagine, if you saw it as not you, how you would deal with it or relate to it? If it wasn't your resentment, things would be a whole lot different. If it wasn't your fear, it would be a whole lot different. Yeah? So, if it's a foreign installment and it's taking you over, in a sense, by identification with it, the parasite is now using you to express its characteristics, its point of view in life, its way of seeing things, yes? Which is fearful, very, very vindictive, apt to blame very easily, hold on resentments like, for me, I could have a miracle at 9.30 in the morning, I'll forget it by 12, but I've had a resentment I've been thinking about for 30 years. Yeah? That's the type of mind that's there. The mind doesn't acknowledge miracles, but it sure acknowledges perceived slights, things that may have never even happened. It's cooking up all day. Yeah? So if you could see it, just possible, entertain it, that self isn't you, yeah? and therefore the expressions of self in your life, like it just said, self manifests in various ways, then its manifestations in your life aren't yours. And if they aren't yours, when you do an inventory of them, you'll be more apt to be able to get rid of them because you'll see them as unsaleable. You'll see them as they don't work. But when they're yours, everything is freaking cloudy. You think you're right. Yeah? You are so sure the false evidence is real, you'll fucking argue to your blue in the face that you're right. And it's not serving us whatsoever. Yeah. So if 
the thing that's defeating us is not us, then maybe that's the solution. Because that's what happened with me. My head was identified as this self, and it could never think of how to get out of it because it was identified as it. Yeah? So when it thought about peace, it was about, I want to get peace, but I'm going to get peace as a self. I want, I, want some, I want some serenity as a self. Yes? Instead of, if I'm free from the self, what will happen is, is serenity and peace. They will become available to me. I'm not going to shop for them. It's when I come out of one modality and I'm open to go to another modality, that other modality has different possibilities. Like instead of, I will be okay, you may be okay now. Yeah? You may have a sense of well-being that hasn't been accrued or produced by doing a having. It's just a state of wellness that you sense when you're present. Yeah? But the self takes that away. It does. It's the biggest thief of all because you don't even know about the heist. Every time something's taken out of, you, out of, out of your room, you think it was you. <laughs> I'm only saying this because I entertained this and it shifted. My mind shifted out of the self. And when I saw it from the solution, I knew the problem. It's as simple as fucking that. When I wasn't being ridden by the beast, I could see the beast. Yes? Do. Pretty clearly. From head to toe. And you know what? It all distilled into one thing. I'm not that. Yeah? I don't know what the hell I am, but I do know what I'm not. And that's all I needed to enter the quote-unquote kingdom of heaven. Is to know what I'm not. Yeah? Because I don't believe that we can know the truth. I think we are the truth. I don't believe we can know spirit. I think we are spirit. I don't believe we can acquire a spiritual condition. I, all I can, I believe is that a mental condition can diminish, and you'll see that you're spirit. Yeah. And you've been spirit all along. It's not like you weren't, and then you suddenly became spiritual. Who the hell became spiritual? Yeah. So when I do the inventory now, it's a nice way to take a look at it, because I wasn't taught that way. I was always taught these were my resentments, and my fears, yeah? and my harms done to others, and my character defects. But I don't believe they are. I believe they're the parasitical characters, characteristics, yes? I believe I'm not beholden to them. Yeah? I don't need stories about them. I don't have to be right about them. I just want relief from them. And I found true relief from them when I saw I wasn't that. Yeah. Everything else was attempting to improve self. You can't change a parasitical nature into something else. It's got a parasitical nature. Didn't you feel like you were taken over when you went on a run? Didn't you feel like that one thought would enter, then more thoughts would follow, and then suddenly you're obsessed, and as soon as you did the deed, it wasn't talking at you anymore, it was talking as you and you were on the run. And it doesn't stop till it wants to stop. I mean, I was literally possessed, because at times I was put into programs for a period of time where that parasite was kept somewhat at bay, 
And as soon as I left that program, after a two-year separation somewhat from the parasite, and it took me once again over in about less than a week, then I really knew what a possession was like. Because I had been relieved somewhat from it for two years, and then it was on me like that again. And it was never, I mean, I cannot believe the pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization I went to. You know, I spent two years in a program, went to college, I thought everything was going to look good, and the same old, same old shit started to happen, yet it was worse. Yeah, it was totally demoralizing. I got to a point where I had no hope. I, the bottoms hadn't done it. I was able to go as low as it kept getting, you know. I did, and then something happened, grace occurred, and actually intervened, and some download happened in my head. And it set off trains of circumstances that brought me to my first meeting. I've been sober ever since. That's how it happened with me. And I can sense that spirit because there is no way in hell no human power was going to do it. My mother wanted it to change. It wasn't, you know, my family, my friends, my enemy, the state. Nothing. Nothing was provoking that shift. But then something happened to my head. Some grace came in and the shift was provoked. And I had a 24-year solution to an incredible, seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Shit. What more demonstration do you need? Yeah. So one thing I know, the mind has a quality. It can entertain incredibly, yeah? If you give it something to obsess over, you know, it has the ability to entertain. Uh, let's say I could be entertaining that my leg, my pants are too short. You can go on and on. What does it mean if my pants are too short? Does everyone notice my pants? You know, it just goes over and over and over, right? It's sort of like having a marathon runner in a closet. It's just <laughs> We're talking about releasing that mind so it could start entertaining something that's really worth entertaining, like peace, you know, like love, like availability to others stuff like that. That challenges the mind. That nourishes the mind. Yeah. One of the biggest things about going back out is boredom. Eh? People get bored. They get bored, and they'll do basically anything. And you know what happens? We're talking about surrender, but we've already surrendered many, many, many times over. We've surrendered to self hundreds of times. Yeah. If it was slow, it would start saying things to us, let's say on Monday, about our co-workers or about our future, you know, playing like, well, they're out to get you, you're going to be fired by Friday, they're conspiring. Yeah, and Tuesday, you're really believing that false evidence is appearing real. You leave at lunchtime, you start drinking, yeah? Then they do call you up, and you are fired, and you say, you see, I was fucking right, and you get to a point of fuck it, yeah? And that's the surrender point to self. Just like when we surrender to a higher power, the surrender point, the, the, like, instead of the hallelujah, it's fuck it. As soon as we hit that fuck it, really, as soon as we hear that fuck it, then usually solutions come back, coming in. And it's like, let's have a fucking drink, fuck it, you know? Shoot up again, let's sleep with our best friend's wife, something like that, yes? And as soon as the fuck it is complete, as soon as that thing that... Alcohol is taken, or that drugs taken, the genie's out of the bottle. Now, let's say you had a little bit of jealousy. Yeah? Now you're stalking people. <laughs> In about three weeks, you know what I mean? I mean, everything, all of those 
character defects get amplified like unbelievably. Yes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you know, sometimes when it takes you over, like I, my girlfriend, my my first fairy princess, she's had a really hard time now. She had 21 years and she went out. And in those 21 years, she was living that ease and comfort and that contentment, yeah? The obsession had been removed and she had that sense of grace. And I guess maybe she thought it was just uh, the way it was. But she went back out and drank and now she can't stay sober. Yeah, and she's lost that contentment. She can't, doesn't feel like she has access to that power that she has. She had twenty four seven access for twenty something years. Yeah, and I've seen it happen so many times that people think I don't know what they think, but maybe they think AA is going to be the same, and it is, but they're not. Their headspace changes, and now what they used to like to do, like go to meetings, they hate. And they went, and they used to live without that obsession. Now there's that compulsion again. So when you have this grace, yeah, honor it. Yeah. Honor it by doing what? By performing his works well. By doing service. By stay, staying close to it. Yeah. And then you'll have you and I will have an immunity to that point of fuck it. We won't even get close to fuck it anymore. Seriously, because we'll recognize the stirring of that pot. We'll see it, and we'll see it as false evidence. We will see it as false evidence, and we'll see the role we played in it appearing real. Because we used to succumb to the selfing, and then we'd lead to fuck it, and there it was, the takeover would happen again. And after a while, the takeover is so easy, it never leaves. It just sits on us, yeah? It sits, uh, sits on us for that 28-day program and waits for the 29th day. It sits on you for the two years of Delancey Street and waits for the next day when you leave. It's got incredible patience, and it only has one host. And it ain't don't want to lose you. If you think you're going to die fast, you're probably not. <laughs> it's going to be drawn out because it doesn't want to leave its horse that's riding, man. You know what I mean? I think fucking alcoholics are indestruct- indestructible. I've seen guys living on hate street for 20-something years and they're still cooking. You know what I mean? They have abscesses, limbs, left no teeth, but they're still drinking beer every fucking day. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> So if you recognize the parasite by listening to other people share their experience of being taken over by it, and then you feel like you identify with what they're saying, that usually implies that you've been taken over by the same parasite, yeah? And there is a solution to sort of change that takeover. We do the steps, because in the takeover, the mental realm becomes the dominant realm. It's above heaven, definitely, yeah? The mental realm is way above heaven, yeah? And so we live in a mental realm. And so like when you see those dogs and they have mange and they put those little cones on them, that we're, everyone's just walking around just living in this little <laughs> mental realm thinking about what's going to happen to me? What happened to me? <laughs> that mental realm diminishes what's going to be accentuated the physical realm and the spiritual realm, yes? And maybe they'll come in balance. You know what? 
It's like being being on a boat and all the all the weight is on the front, yeah? You're apt to sink all the time. Because the attention, instead of being going to the you, and let's say the I represents spirit, it's going to this me, this bastardization of the you and the I, a mental wedding, yeah, of spirit with form, and it's called me. That's where most of the weight of attention and interest is, maybe 90%. The other 8% and 9% go to uh, the body, and then 1%, 1% when you're getting arrested is a cry, God! Please help me. That's about it. Yeah? It's every time. There's no balance. It just keeps sinking. Our lives just keep sinking. Yeah? But what happens in AA? It redistributes the weight. Yes? It diminishes the mental condition. The body starts getting better. Yeah? And then there's some interest in the spirit. And then you feel a little bit better, don't you? A higher power handles the distribution. Yeah. Interest in the body when there needs to be interest in the body. A resting in the resting in the spirit when it can rest in the spirit, yes? And an immunity to the me. You hear it but you don't listen to it anymore. Yeah, you hear it like a radio in the other room, but you're not like bending your ear to pick up this incredible advice anymore. Yeah. And if you're an AA, you're not gonna think yourself into this condition. You've got to put action before thought and feeling. You've just got to take the actions every other alcoholic has taken for that mental state to diminish so that the spiritual state will become obvious. It's just like rising that shade that's blocking out the sunlight of the spirit. We don't rise the shade. We do steps that allow that shade to rise. And the sunlight of spirit doesn't take any time to rush into the room, does it? It's in there. Why claim what's not yours? Yeah. Follow the resentments and the fears and the harms done to others, but follow to it the source, not you, but self. Yes? And you'll recognize the tree by its fruits. Check it out. And maybe, just maybe, you've entertained the possibility I am not that thought projection, I am not that idea. Yes? I am not going to be lost my whole life. I am not unloving. I am not a loser. All this stuff. Yes? You see it. I am not that. Then you'll find out what you can be. Yeah. Instead of repeating everything over and over again. The same self. Regenerating every fucking day. Getting to be right about it. So I don't know. The 12 steps have really worked in my life. And I've seen them work in so many people's lives. It may take time, but so what? It's an undeniable process that diminishes the mental state and frees the spiritual state. And that's what we sorely lack in our lives. Because you'll know that you lacked it when you have some of it in it. When you have some spiritual, let's say, awareness in your life, you'll realize that's what you were lacking. That was the problem. I mean, if you looked at, if you were at a park, and you were looking at a park, there was 30 kids in the park, yeah? 
and one of them was yours, where would your interest be going to? The one that was yours, yeah? Here's 30 thoughts going by. If every one of them are held as yours, your interest is very much into every one of those thoughts, yeah? If you could see them just as thoughts, you would have freedom from them. But when they're my thoughts, they weigh a lot more. Yeah, the my adds weight to everything. A problem that it becomes my problem is much heavier. Yeah, thought my thought much heavier. Feelings my feelings much heavier. Time my time much heavier. Body my body much heavier. We're just questioning, extracting the mind. Yeah. So instead of life is happening to me, let life happen. You may travel a lot lighter with it. And if you run into a situation, we have manipulated pauses every day. You can come to a meeting, and it will derail your self-will if you're open to it. You know, you may be dying to get loaded. If you come in here for an hour, it may sort of derail that train. And then you start having the real pauses of that spiritual awakening, yeah? Where there'll be a pause, which is to me, if you could take a life, if you, if I took my life, and drop five pauses in it, it would have looked totally different. Yeah? If I would have had a, a, a suspension of belief in my head and not followed what it told me to do certain moments, my whole life would look so different. That's how powerful a pause is. And it's available to us. Yeah? You can actually sense pause when agitated. Well, selfing is always agitated. So the solution to selfing is to live in the pause instead of living in the self. Yeah. And if you don't know how to do it, that's great. Because something will do it for you in a way. Just do the steps. It'll diminish the mental condition. And you'll open up to that higher power. And that higher power will inform you in many different ways Yeah. what to do. And you'll grow in reliance of it because it delivers the goods. It works. It doesn't need a huge advertising campaign. Sort of like those commercials for all those lousy beers. They they keep you know, they spend billions of advertising but it's still piss. You know what I mean? They change a super cold can, you know. There was one we were joking the other night about this cheap thing called Keystone beer and they spent all this money on advertising and the best they could come up with it's the it's the canned beer that tastes like a bottle. Oh great. <laughs> Why not just buy a bottle beer? You know, I'm gonna buy this can because I heard it tastes like bottle. You know I mean? That's how bad the fucking product was. It needs tons of advertising. Well, the product that's produced in AA doesn't need any advertising. It delivers the goods, yeah? (laughs) We're just putting a little, you know, it says more will be revealed in the book, yes? More will be revealed. People will come after the fact when it first was written. And we'll add on to this thing. Well, it's what we're trying to do. We're trying to add on. Maybe this understanding will ring true to you. Yeah? And if it does ring true to you, it'll, pro- it'll produce that effect that the book was saying is its main thing, which is to allow this power to solve the problem. Yeah. I think the point is for the problem to be, dis- be solved. Yes? Not to be right about a dogmatic way how it has to happen but that it happens that you become a free range alcoholic that you have some sense of space in your life 
yeah, to the point where the problem doesn't exist for you. I say that's the goal, not to be right, but that's the goal, to be free. Yeah, from the influence of alcohol, a day at a time. And when I saw it this way, the way I'm attempting, maybe very badly to get across, but the way I'm attempting to do it, when I saw it this way, the light shone up. It shone up, yeah. And I found the problem by the solution. I really saw. I was doing these classes on how it works, you know, four-step workshops like Joe and Lena do, uh, Bill and Lena do, but different style and in San Francisco for years. So I was on how it works every week, every Monday night. And then something happened, and I had gotten the download that I'm not that. And then I read the word self, and it seemed to be a foreign installment. I, I read the, learn, the word self, and it implied a parasite. I saw it as something other than me, so clearly. And that's when everything freaking stabilized in my program. I started to have an ease and comfort as the norm, not an irritability, restlessness, and discontent. Yeah. I started to feel at ease and comfort with myself and other people. And I realized I started traveling lighter over the terrain of my life. It didn't change the geography of it, but I traveled lighter over it. And I said, what more the hell do you want than that? And it's been doing it for quite a long time, and it seems to be picking up speed, not decreasing, but accelerating. It's almost like it thrives on its, its own solution. Yeah. And for me, it says in the book that our daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of a spiritual condition. Yes? But if you are a spiritual condition, if you realize you are a spiritual condition, that's the highest form of maintenance. To be it is the highest form of maintenance, isn't it? If, you, if you're attempting to have a spiritual condition as a mental state, it's not going to work, nor as a physical state. But if the mental state diminishes and you don't mistake yourself to be a body, then the spiritual condition is what your nature is. And that's the maintenance of it, is to realize that. And then it maintains itself through expression, not achieving or acquiring, but through expression. It seeks to be available to others for the sake of expressing. Yeah. It seeks to be of, let's say, help to others because that's its nature, is to extend, you know? And while it's doing all that, you, quote-unquote, get enriched by its presence yeah. and by your absence. It's sort of like I always wanted to get, I always wanted to be there when it got great. But then I realized the reason why it didn't get great is I was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I had a sort of, I had a sort of uninvite the party pooper <laughs> that was always showing up. You know what I mean? I had to sort of see how how I can get not let him get the invitation. You know what I mean? So that I can get on with living. And this is the way it worked. Yeah. It still doesn't know what happened. <laughs> I'm serious. It got blindsided. <laughs> it's still trying to grab it and try to consult, you know, try to claim it, and it just can't do it. It's, it just can't get it. You know, it's like way running way behind. <laughs> so you know, there is a solution. There is. There is a solution. 
how it works. But it's also good to know how the parasite works. If you can understand how it works, it may lend yourself to seeing you're not that. Yeah. Maybe you'd be able to separate its qualities from your qualities and stop claiming the expression of its qualities as your qualities. Yes? Maybe making a distinction. Yes, I'm accountable for that resentment and that harm, but I'm not truly responsible. Because even if you read the first step, when it says we were powerless over alcohol, yeah, if you're powerless over something, then how much say did you have when you were under that powerlessness? How much are you responsible for the activities that went on when you were under the influence of drugs and alcohol? If you follow the word powerless, it means you were powerless. Once that thing took over and got its fuel, you basically had no say in the matter. Then why are we so guilty and shameful about what we thought we did when we were out there when we actually didn't do it? Yeah? So our freedom and our forgiveness comes to you when you realize you are not. You're accountable, but you weren't truly responsible. As soon as you drank and used, something took you over and used you for transportation. Yeah? And then you get left holding the bag. You go to prison for 20 years. I know a guy who shot someone in a blackout. He's in prison for the rest of his life, and he can't even remember what put him in prison the rest of his life. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine sitting in a place like a cell every day and not even knowing why you were really there? You can't remember? Yeah? Now, he's accountable in the eyes of the law, but is he responsible? got taken over, the parasite used them for that experience, and then it splits. <laughs> and you're left holding the bag. You do the 40 years. And the parasite eats away at you while you're in there. You can't throw off something. Let's say I, if I had a tumor on my side, and I thought it was me. Yeah. So instead of entertaining the possibility of having an operation, I started getting my shirts tailored, you know, so they have a big hole, let the tumor out. You know. <laughs> and maybe I leveled it off to use it as an armrest. You know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I could put a drink here, you know. You know what I mean? Or a book. I'm, I'm like, oh, I might want to get back to the books that is right there. You know, and people, finally someone says, Paul, what the fuck are you doing? Why don't you get that removed? <laughs> well, I couldn't entertain ever getting it removed because I thought it was me. Yeah? The same thing with the parasite. If you're identified as it, your mind can't entertain being free of it. It's making it, it's trying to make room for it. It's trying to tie to it. It's trying to appease it. It's trying to civilize it. It's trying to debate with it. Yeah? Instead of just fucking walking away. But if it's, if it's not you, then you can be free of it. Yeah? The way the problem doesn't exist for us and that experience stabilizes is when it doesn't exist as us. When you see you're not that, that's what opens you up to a very stabilized, the problem doesn't exist for me anymore. And that's a damn good solution. Seriously, yes. If something that caused such havoc in your life and such mental suffering doesn't exist for you anymore. That's a that's a solution worth its definition. Yeah. So it is available. There is a solution to this dilemma. We're never going to have it. Selfing is never going to be free, but we're going to be free from self. Yeah. 
You know, I love the tribe of AA because I know because what has taken you over the depths of suffering that you've gone through mentally. I know it because I've been through it. And I've heard thousands of people in AA. I've seen more than thousands of people in AA. And I've seen them sharing their suffering of being taken over by this parasite. There is a solution. Yeah. Not to get a life, a little bit better life, but a solution, a, a radical freedom from that dilemma. If the, if the diagnosis is correct, you, can, you may, you'll find out that maybe when the diagnosis is correct, you will have freedom from it. It will be as if it never existed in your life. And then if you go to a meeting and you hold that certainty, what's more attractive than that than seeing another person that seems to be content and at peace who had alcoholism? Yeah. Yes. Paul, um, I love that. I love the term uh, the party pooper. That was excellent. Um, it seems to me that sort of the cutting edge of our true nature, or whatever you want to call it, is sort of the mind using me and me using the mind, sort of the difference between the two. In other words, the mind using me is when I'm off on a tear, when I'm, you know, validating whatever's going through the system. But then there are those, like, 3 to 5% of the time where I can use the mind, like, to remember somebody's name, or let's say I go to college and the teacher says, how much is 200 plus 100? and I kind of go to the mind and I pull out 300. So there's times where I can use the mind. And it's almost like the mind tricks me to thinking that those times when I use the mind, using the mind is what's going on the whole time. Yes. As opposed to just the mind, you know, the 3% of the time. So can you talk a little bit about sort of distinguishing between the difference between using the mind and the mind using us? Yeah. Well, there's other teachers outside of AA that talk about that well, too, where they call it the working mind and then the psychological mind. So the working mind is like putting a nut and a bolt together or looking at a problem and then trying to figure it out like a carpentry problem or something like that or a geom- you know, ge- geometry problem, whatever. So the mind's at work on a task, yeah? Then there's a psychological mind which is critiquing at work, yeah? Which is blaming someone, which is worried, thinking that you're never going to be, you're never going to get it, you'll never be good at it. That's the... That's the self-thing that we like relief from. And I find, tell you the truth, now, when I run into a situation like if I've lost my keys, or let's say my keys are left somewhere and I come back, what happens is that working mind arises, goes over what it can possibly do, and if it can't do anything, it shuts down. And there's the pause, yeah? But it's very, it comes up with really clear ideas. It goes, well, I'm going to have to wait till tomorrow to call that person up and get my bag from their car. That's it. There's nothing else I can do. End of story. It's done its job, yeah? It went over the options, saw the possibility or the impossibility, finished. Then it recedes. Usually the psychological mind doesn't even wait for it to recede. It's just yapping. <laughs> you lost the bag again, you fucking idiot. You know what I mean? You're never going to get it back, and there's $500 in there. And your friend's going to steal it, or whatever. That's the stuff that drives us crazy, yes? <laughs> So that selfing isn't just riffing, it has a job too that we don't know. It has the job to reinforce the identification itself. Yeah? It has a job. 
So it's at a task already. We're just not privy to that task. Yeah? We're privy to the task when we're going over how it put this nut in that bolt. But we're not privy to the task an aspect our mind is up to all day, which is to reinforce this sense of being something you're not. Yes? In other words, the obsession with self, for me, is an activity the identified mind does to keep the identification in place. Because the identification falls apart. It has to be glued every day, all day. Why is it that that narrative is constantly going on when it's not called to do anything? Yeah, you, you're not, you don't have any task at all. You're laying in your bed, yes, and yet you can't go to sleep because it does, it's at its task. It's busy at its little work table, yeah? It's just reinforcing you and you and you all fucking day, yeah? And, it has, and it's a job that never ends because if it stops, there wouldn't be a sense of self. You would have an experience or a free sample of being free from the sense of self. You would. That's what happens in a pause when it gets shot. Sometimes something will happen and it will freeze the system and it won't and, and then it doesn't activate and yet you get the sense of raw mind, which is incredibly big and illuminated and spacious, yeah? Then that, that work table, they rush again, and they claim, oh, I had the experience of raw mind, yeah? That's how it covers its tracks. It's always claiming events that it has nothing to do with. So it's busy all day, reinforcing the identification itself. That's why 70,000 thoughts get produced a day. You don't have, if I'm a house painter, you know how many thoughts I need to do my job? Maybe 14. <laughs> okay. Where the, where's the paint? Where's the brush? Where's the roller? I'm not going to run into a six-walled room usually. It's four walls, usually a ceiling. I recognize trim. It's very easy. All right, then just set, do your task. Yeah? But this, this thing, 70,000 thoughts a day, most of them are to reinforce the psychological me. Yeah? which constantly needs to be reinforced because it's an appearance. It is not real. Yeah? You were not that when you were a little baby. You had no idea of you until about 18 months. Yes? When someone said, Oh, bubble, 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 you weren't re- Oh, they're talking about me. You were just like this. There was no me there. Yeah? It, we grew into it. It's a mental process. And to keep us in that mental process, it has to be mental processing quite a lot. Yeah? It doesn't have enough time to do it now, so it has the past and the future. So it dwells, it thinks about the past a lot, it thinks about the future a lot. And you tell me, does your thought system value the moment more than the past or future? The truth. The thought system values the past and future more. Doesn't it? And how does the thought system picture you when it thinks of you as a body? Doesn't it? Does it ever picture you as a spirit? If you thought of, if you actually could think of you purely as a spirit, you would be free. But it thinks of you like a body. So it says, all right, what's going to happen to me? How is that me represented when it starts thinking about what's going to happen to me as a body? Yeah? You're pictured somewhere else at some other time. This is what the mind does. It takes this fixed object. It doesn't give a shit about the body. But it says it's my body and it uses it. It places the body somewhere else at some other time and thinks about it. You obsess over self. Yeah? That's what the mind's doing. You're not doing it. The mind is doing it. Yeah? And it's not going to be done with its task. It can never build the perfect beast. You're never going to be a self. It can't complete its mission. 
It's a desire that will never be fulfilled. And the desire that's never fulfilled is an addiction. The mind is addicted to the idea of being a self. When I used to shoot coke, I never got to a point where I shot enough. And I went, oh, coke, coke, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, coke. It's all done. I now know coke. (laughs) I now know the truth of coke. I honor it, but it's great. No, you're always doing more and more and more, right? In other words, the desire can never be fulfilled by what you're using to fulfill it. So the mental process has a desire to take itself as a self. It wants to be special and unique and right. So it has to separate from wholeness. In that separation, it can't possibly do it, so the desire is never fulfilled. What happens? The irritability, restlessness, and discontent demands a solution. You start doing drugs. You start drinking. Then when that solution is taken away, you start looking at porno. You start shopping. And if that, yes? yes? Because... Uh, this original addiction spawns all the other addictions. So if you're dealing with your third addiction, they're all coming from the first addiction. The self, the mental process can never complete the beast. You are spirit. You're not a body. Yeah? You're not going to be completely a body. And you're not going to be a mental idea either. Spirit actually outshines the other two realms. But the mental realm has decided to play God forget about the spirit, use the body to verify its existence, and just obsess over itself all day. And it's causing tons of disease and irritability and restlessness, and we're in the business of trying to soothe that beast, yeah? Yet it's never soothed, it always wants more. You look really good in the jacket, but two days later, I need a new jacket, yes? The haircut looks great, oh, fuck, it looks terrible, three days later. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Because the point isn't to find fulfillment. The point is you can't find fulfillment as a self. It's, it's, it's ravenous. You're never going to be one. You're going to be an urban renewal project your whole life. <laughs> the mind is going to find fault with you all the fucking time. It's constantly going to be tinkering and building and demolishing and placing new plaques here and there. It's a never-ending construction site. All the money, all of your attention and interest is just going to be wasted in this huge fucking project. And yet, right now, we're alive. Yet, we're not even aware of that. We're aware that we were alive, and we're aware that we will be alive. We're aware of the aspect of time, but we're not really aware of now. Yeah? Our mind's totally obsessed. I was alive, and, I'm, and I will be alive. So I'm thinking, thinking, thinking about that. But now needs no fucking thought. It needs attention. That's all it needs. And your attention is enslaved to that fucking bondage yourself, so you can't attend to the basic fact of being fucking here right now. Your mind's running here, thinking of this, thinking that. You can't even sit still for two minutes without the thoughts pulling, pulling us, yes? You don't see it, but it's happening, right? What? Oh... You know, and then maybe you want to have security for tonight. I got the Adnadas at home. I got the, D- <laughs> I got the DVD. Fuck this night. I, as soon as I get home, watch the movie. <laughs> 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 
then he had to get a quart the next day. <laughs> Change flavors, you know what I mean? And get three movies. It doesn't fucking work, does it? <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's a failed system. Get off the dead horse. Stop whipping it. It's not going to resuscitate itself. It's fucking dead. It's unreliable. If it was going to work, it would have already. I swear. Don't, why give it any more time? Why follow it, its 50th formula? You've tried the 49. Have they worked? Why would you fucking want to wait, you know? But the 50th one will be the lucky charm. No, it won't. <laughs> it's a failed system. It doesn't succeed except in failing. That's, that's its one success. The apex, the apex, the highest point of alcoholism is pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. That's when it's rung the bell. You ever see that? Sometimes a pause will happen. It will finally exult in its, its total win. You're fucked. <laughs> you totally believe. You totally believe the condition it's manufactured for you. You're fucked. Hallelujah. And you know what? It resuscitates you and it beats you up all over again. You go to a program and then you leave, you get loaded again, and you're totally demoralized. Where, how, what's going to bring about this fucking thing to stop, you know? How low can it go? Well, it can go pretty freaking low. And it can live in lowness pretty easy. No, I would, uh, I would wake up to the situation that your mind is in, if possible. And entertain a possibility that maybe it could be different. And then follow the steps of AA. And that the steps will fulfill that possibility in its own way. As you, yeah. So, yes. We're going to pass the basket. fired up there. I don't know if I'm done yet. I'm getting cooking now. <laughs> Bring it on. Let's <laughs> fight the fucking. No, you don't have to go on forever. He's the other part of the mind. What? He's the other part of the mind. Yeah, he's the working part. The working part. Yeah. We're going to pass the basket uh, to cover Paul's expenses for here and going back to California and also for his time here. So please give what you can. Yes, I walked. Here too. That's a long walk. <laughs> I need some new but for me, with the steps, uh, it gave me the space that I could see my self-obsession because I was so consumed with self that um, I, I didn't know anything else was going on. It, I was in relationship to everything, and everything was in relationship to me. Now, because of time doing this work, um, in the last 10 years, I'm coming up on 30 years in January, in the last <coughs> first 20 years, there's a lot of work and a lot of hesitation and a lot of I had a lot of, I had to be patient with myself because I had to experience this myself. I made a lot of mistakes, you know. So, uh, the last 10 years have been, like, unbelievable because now I know what the obsession of self is, and now I understand what one of my teachers is saying about finding out how we identify with the self. I do believe it's a human condition that we all come in that way, but we don't all have 
the self-obsession that goes on with us as drug addicts and alcoholics, it was major for me. And I see it with people I work with. It's major. It's very hard to, to cut through that, you know, yeah. and, and that takes time. But what uh, what happens is it, it's so it's so untangible how I, you know, how I separate myself, although you explained it a lot to me, and I'm kind of, I kind of get that now, and I can be in the moment, especially when I'm carrying the message, that's the most important thing I do, that I can separate from the self, and I know it's just God working through me, my higher power is working through me, and all I do is, you know, the glory goes to God, so I see how I have gotten to a place where I'm not identifying with self, but that thinking in my head is incredible. It is something that has gotten better and less and more recognizable. But the way it works and this humanness that we have, and you know, I read the spirituality and perfection, and I accept all my flaws and all this stuff. But it's like constant work. So can you talk a little bit about how more to recognize and how it plays out in relationships, especially with family? You know, because I want to be, I want to be in relation. I, you know, if we personalize something, what I realize once I personalize, I have, I have a, a, an invested interest in something, it becomes self. If I'm not invested in it, then you know, I'm cool. You know. Yeah. But the thing is, let's just let's say there wasn't a you that was invested in it, and there isn't a you that's cool. Oh yeah. If there's neither, there's no noun in front of all the verbing. It's just verbing, yeah? So the mind is one aspect of verbing. It's mental verbing, yeah? We're an aspect of verbing called being, yeah? You can see the mental aspect of verbing from the being, yeah? The being never blinks. The being never moves either way. It's just always there, yeah? Rely on that. And I see how, you know, obsessive prayer is like my constant thinking now. I go to prayer instead of thinking. Yeah. And, I can, and I can maneuver through the world with a prayer, you know, just a mantra or whatever I want to do. Also, the fact that um, the prayer and the... Um, great. But that's what the distraction is, is the prayer, because I know I'm with my higher power with the prayer, and so I'm not in my own self. You know, and I have to be very careful I have to think like I am what I am, because... Well, the point, what I, the way I hold it really is I get to know what I'm not. I don't know what I am. So, in other words, before when I would say I'm not something, I would verify I am something. Now I don't verify anything. I just realize I'm not that, and then I find out. Let's clean it. I don't want to leave one stated position and then make another stated position. I just want to question the one stated position. And maybe I'm not that, and then when I'm not that, leave it at that. And then another, whatever, will reveal itself. Yeah. So what revealed to me is there's no noun in anything. So there's seeing, but there's no seer. There's hearing, but there's no hearer. There's feeling, but there's no feeler. Yeah. There's tasting, but there's no taster. Yeah. There's just tasting, hearing, feeling, seeing, conscious contact. You know, they use the word conscious contact in a different context in the book than I implied, but I believe that's the raw data of life, consciousness and contact. So it, it allows itself to be in contact through this body through five gates, you know. 
senses, and then in Buddhism they call the mind the sixth sense. So that's how consciousness is in contact with this place, with that it's, if you want to call it a place, but with this is through the gates of the senses, yeah? But consciousness is what's in contact, not Paul. Paul is a name tag for what allows that access to occur. Consciousness moves through this vehicle and then it has an experience, yeah? But I'm not the, what's conscious as this, yeah? But consciousness is moving through this, yeah? So, I don't see consciousness as a noun. I see it as a verb. And I found uh, my mind can't, my, lo- my conditional, logical, intellectual mind can't uh, always, whenever a verb is seen, or it's there, it implies a noun must be somewhere. That, to me, is the self-obsession. Yeah. So now I don't see the noun anymore. So... Th- it just seems to uh, uh, provoke traveling lighter. I think we travel lighter as a verb than a noun, you know. Once the noun gets in place, rigidity sets in. And then the noun gives everything direction. This is happening to me. That should be happening. It's just incredible. But if there's no noun, then you can really see life is just happening. It's not personal. It's just happening. Yeah. And I find that's a nice way to travel. In my experience, yeah, yeah. Um, I really like the way you described the disassociation of self, and uh, and I, I I felt like that's the way I really got to experience the fourth dimension when I stopped getting rid of the name tags and I stopped having self reliance and continued on power reliance. Uh, Harry Tebow um, wrote exclusively about the disso- uh, the reemergence of ego, and when you were talking about the mind. Can you comment on the difference or the, the different associations between the ego and my mind, which I think a lot of times it's my ego rebuilding, but it could be my mind that's also telling me certain things. So can you just comment on that? Well, I'll also put another one in there. The sense of self is a sense. It's a feeling. Yeah? The ego isn't so much a feeling. And ego is how the mind knows itself. The mental mind knows itself. The mental mind gets a picture of itself through the ego. But the real bondage is the sense of being a self. The doer, the haver, the thinker. Yes? The one who doesn't sense consciousness but takes itself to be the one that's conscious. That's the sense of self. To me, that's the real bonding agent. But I think the ego is how the mind uh, investigates itself the conditional mind, yeah? It's sort of like, just like people suffer from self-consciousness, which means that you keep thinking about how other people are thinking about you as an object, yeah? Well, I think the ego is a mental object that the mind makes up, and it thinks about itself that way, yeah? But I think the real dilemma is bondage of self, which is that feeling. So when something happens, there's a feeling, I did it, yeah? When a thought is noticed, there's a feeling I'm the one who's I'm the one who thought it. Yeah, that to me is the real bondage. The ego is just like a, if the mind could make like make a Rubik's cube of itself and then play with it, that would be the ego to me. Yeah, but to me the self is different. It's a, more of a feeling. It wraps a, It's like a feeling wrapped around an idea. Yeah, which is pretty powerful because the feeling is what's really convincing. Yes. 
when you feel something, it seems to have more validity than if you think it, don't you? The feeling is a, a really, it's about, the mind feels that that is uh, like an authentic validation. Oh, I felt this, you know, yeah. So the sense of self is a feeling-based thing. That, to me, is the root of the bondage, really. The ego, like I just said, is just a, an aspect of mind seen from an aspect of mind. Yeah. So, I don't, I take, I like, I, I don't really like the word ego much, but I like the, I'd rather bring it back to the, the real act of root, which is, if you looked at it, basically, the act of root is based on the assumption that you're the doer, yeah? That you have free will, that you're separate, that you're long-lasting, that you're independent, yes? Yeah. That you're like an island unto yourself, really? That all the thoughts are private, all your feelings are yours, and only yours, and no one can understand you because they don't have your, they don't know how you feel. All of this sense of terminal uniqueness is the situation that's rooted on the, the, the base of sense being a, the feeling of being a self. The feeling of being a self is really rooted in doership. You feel like you're the doer of your actions, yes? And even the actions of the body, I'm thinking, which is an incredible leap believe that you're the thinker of thoughts. <laughs> a, really, you can't even shit when you want to. You're believing, you're believing that you're the thinker of these subtle objects called thoughts. Come on. It's a big leap. <laughs> so, the selfing is also very arrogant. It believes, it also says to you, if I wasn't here, your life would be super great. Yeah? If you could only get rid of me, it would be great. So you really try to get rid of it, yeah? But you can't get rid of something that isn't truly there. (laughs) 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 And it professes your life would be so great without me in it. It thinks it's so great if it was there or not there, yeah? It thinks it's so great by its absence and so great by its presence. It's fucking irrelevant, really. (laughs) We give it all the meaning it has by believing it's about us. That's the whole intrigue. You would not follow your thoughts to to, uh, the thoughts about a body that's in the future if it wasn't deemed to be you. Just if someone came over and sat down and started talking about themselves, you know, eight months, what they thought was going to happen to them eight months from now, I'd be bored in 30 seconds. Yeah, I'd say, i got to do laundry or whatever, you know. I'll I'll take you out even. You know, let's just go. But the same thing's been going on in your head for years, and you listen to it like a serenade, don't you? Because why? It's about you. That's the whole intrigue. That's the cherry for the mind. All of these thoughts are about you. That's why you can't pull yourself from the fucking screen. If you entertain, that's not you. I'll tell you, your attention will leave that porno theater. <laughs> really? Paul doing Dallas and Dallas doing Paul all fucking day up here. We need relief, but you can't get relief as the star. You've got to see you're not that, and there's the relief. So let's say self, like a predator... Predator grabs the, the prey. You see it very easily. Rips its throat out. You can. It's very easy to see the predator and prey, right? But in in the selfing, the predator has you by you trying to move away from it. The more you try to get out of self, you go to you go to programs that are about getting out of self. They talk about self more than anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. You're trying to. The predator has you by moving away. While you're moving away from it, trying to escape it, that's how it has you. Because you're giving it fucking relevance all day. 
If it isn't you, when you walk away from it, you won't look back if it isn't you. If it is you, you'll always be called back. You'll have a freedom, a pause will occur, but it'll go, but don't forget me, and then up, oh, and then you're back. Yeah. Seemingly, right? You want it, you believe you got to be, it's, it has to be there when it gets good. It's not the case. You can walk away from it if it isn't yours. But you can't walk away from it as that. But you can walk away from it if it isn't you. You can you can have a radical freedom from it. I know it. I've had it. I've seen it. You know, it's juicy. I can. I know. Mm-hmm. It's like an unspoken yes in my gut. It became the last answer. I haven't looked for another answer in 15 years. When this dawned on me, even when I came into AA, I tried to add other answers to it. After this one, I didn't add anything. AA gave me a basis of a way of life, and this answer illuminated it. Yeah. This answer illuminated it. It made it. It made it clearer. I can see clearer. Yes. Blue is blue, and red and red. A lot of the confusion has been dismissed. Yes. Yeah. And I have a sense of okayness without having to accrue value to prove it. Yeah. I'm not doing trying to do and have myself into a state of being. I'm in a state of being, and what's next? Basically. What's on the agenda? Do I do something tomorrow? Maybe do a talk? All right, I show up to that. If not, I surf, I show up to that. It matters whatever life. If I have to go paint a house, I show up for that. I'm not sitting there painting a house. I'm a teacher. I, should, I shouldn't be painting houses anymore. <laughs> that, that never even comes up anymore. I just paint the house. <laughs> That's all. You know? I start thinking about what about lunch? You know, it becomes important. I have a smoothie, and, you know. There's a whole world in painting a house that I get into. You know, it's just a, it's it's very flexible. You're free, so you can move. Yeah, something calls you, you can you can respond quickly because you're not in the back of the house. You're right. You're right there. Where, when the door rings, you open it. Yeah, you're available. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But whatever works for you to bring about a basic understanding, because the understanding will be like the cradle for the seeing. It doesn't take the replace. It doesn't take the place of the seeing, but it can cradle it. Yeah. If the seeing isn't stabilized, the understanding is really important. But when the seeing gets stabilized, there need, there's no need for an understanding anymore. Yeah. Unless when you're talking with people, but the, the, the seeing is is the understanding. You're just seeing. You're awake. You're you're on. It's indisputable. Yeah? There's no more debate. You're on. You know, on, you know, awake, honest. <laughs> You're present, right? It's like a buzz. Don't you sometimes hear a buzz? It's like a generator. You're on this, ge- like a generator that has a little buzz while it's generating, producing, you know, moving electricity everywhere. That's you, send, you can hear that buzz sometimes. You're on. Yeah. You're not on, but the onness is there. Yes, yes. So you feel that. I would say that's the presence. Any other questions? Any questions? Yes. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask you, where you say I'm not that. Um, You know, I identify myself in AA. I'm an alcoholic. I go to NA. I'm an addict. I go to OA. I'm a compulsive overeater. All these, you know, things. So, um... 
you know, if it's 5.30 rush at work and I want a Xanax, I go, oh, I think like that because I'm an addict. Or if I want to drink, oh, I think like that because, you know, I'm an alcoholic. Or I, I think this because, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater, you know. I'm a little, I don't want to say I'm confused, but kind of I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm like, I constantly give myself permission, you know, because I am these things. So I go to meetings and I identify as this. You know, and then when the thought comes, if I, what, am I supposed to say, well, I'm not this? You know, not supposed to say anything. Just entertain the possibility that you're not the thinker of it. That's all. I'm not saying don't try to dismiss what's been thought, but just maybe question, are you the thinker of it? Yeah? That's all. We're just attempting to disarm it because how it defeats us isn't in and of itself. Yeah? It defeats us through expression and manifestation. Yeah? Yeah. So to me, and I always say I'm an alcoholic. I found people found clever ways not to say I'm an alcoholic. Although I'm a grateful member of AA, but I don't. <laughs> if you're clear you're not that, you can say it every second of the day. It doesn't mean anything. I'm an alcoholic, and I say it really fast. Pull alcoholic, you know, just <laughs> because pull alcoholic. It's just the way it is. But I'm not. Oh, I've got to stop. You know, don't miss. Don't. Lose the forest from the trees. It's it's the spirit is is what's conveyed. It's not specific, yeah. So while you're saying that stuff, just ask who is it that's saying it, not what they're saying. Now, because if you switch to I'm going to say I'm not now, it's the same thing, yeah. Your either or your or doesn't work. Just ask who it is. See if there's the someone there. Get the Xanax who's saying that. Yeah, yeah. Ask who is it that's saying that, or who's it saying it to. <coughs> When it says, get the Xanax, it sounds like something is saying something to someone else, right? It does. Yeah. yeah. Well, who is that? Who is it? Who? Who is that? That's Who is it saying it to? Who are you that it's saying to? Yeah? Just throw it in there. You'll see. It'll produce some pause in your life. Yeah? And in the pause, there'll be a suspension of that little train of self-will. And then maybe, just maybe, you realize... The way you realize you can get off the train is that you've never been on the train. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. And you're fine, honey, anyway. You're shining brightly. Yes. That's the biggest thing. Let that carry you. Yeah. Yeah. Paul. Yes. Um, every time my wife brings home a bag of Oreos, it hits me like a, uh, you know, like a, a sudden impulsive thought that turns into this beast, this compulsive beast that literally comes awake and has to eat the bag. Um, how, how does that interplay with, I mean, I've heard, you know, Eckhart Tolle talk about pain body and, and you know, you talked about the, you know, this, this uh, egoic or the... Um, what is that? The reflection of the mind and the bodies, those feelings, and, the, and you talk that that perception is all powerful. How does that? I mean, is that what's what's that play at that point? Is it is it really uh, you know a level of attention that takes even more attention to overcome that 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 compulsion? Well, maybe just ask your wife not to bring them home. <laughs> Start there. Let's move beyond that one. <laughs> yeah. 
I've done that. I didn't see. I'm very practical. I, that was my solution. Just don't bring the Oreos home. It's the kids, though. It's always with the kids. So the idea of put, having to put attention on it, yes? Raising my level of awareness as to it's not, it's this is not me that's coming to life uh, right now, and just not having to label what's happening, just some conscious breaths, uh, awareness could could disarm that. Uh, I would say some breaths would probably do help. Those ten breaths, take ten breaths, put your attention on that. It'll give it. It'll give the mind an opportunity to click into another gear. See you, man. Nice meeting you. Yeah. And muzzle. <laughs> yeah. If you can't entertain the pause, then manipulate one. You can manipulate a pause with the serenity prayer. Yeah. You say the serenity prayer, or just say a, your you know your powerlessness over fucking a bag of Oreos. Yeah. Just use a. We have tons of manipulated poisons. They're called skillful means in other movements like Buddhism. Use those skillful means to the point, but then the mind will shift, or it won't. You'll keep eating Oreos until it, it burns down to a numb. Every defect, seemingly defect, is finite. Some of them burn down to the numb. You're not going to be able to do anything about them. They'll just burn down to the numb. Seriously. Yeah. But they will end sooner or later, either after you're dead and it won't matter to you, or before, and then it will. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have any solutions to it. I don't really care about the solutions. I want I want to go to this one solution and then see what it does. Yeah? I feel that that one solution, it's sort of like if you... If life could be brought, seen as a linear row of knots, and let's say you're eating Oreo bags is one knot, and let's say you have trouble with porno is another knot, right? Let's say it's you're uncomfortable in intimate situations is another knot. Your health isn't good, another knot. Yes? So we try to work on the knots and try to loosen them up. Yeah? Sometimes we're somewhat successful, yeah? But usually the knots next to the one knot we loosened up don't loosen up. Yeah, They're still in place. Sometimes they even get tighter. When you get a little relief in one area, it gets to be tighter in one other area. Well, let's say if we could follow the knots back to the first knot. And I believe the first knot is identification as self. Yeah, If that first knot loosens up, and this has been my experience, when that first knot loosens up, there's a thread that runs through all the other knots that comes from the first knot. And this first knot, this effect reverberates throughout your life. Why not just go there? Yeah. See if that's true. See if it's not. See, see if it's you that's eating the Oreos. Then that you represents a lot of meaning about eating the Oreos, and it's not fucking all right with you to eat a bag of Oreos. Yeah. And you're on a hook. Your mind is on that hook. Yeah. I would say you're the biggest problem with the bag of Oreos. The Oreos haven't done anything to you, have they? <laughs> you opened them and ate them. But it's the meaning that you give it. See? If you're someone else eating a bag of Oreos, you may have, you know, okay, you're pretty all right, bro. Don't worry about it. Just a bag of Oreos. But why are you so special that you shouldn't be eating the bag of Oreos? Why are you held in such high regard that you should be perfect? While you have compassion for other people's behavior, you're very, very hard on yourself. Why is that? Yeah. There's a great thing in one script where it says, you'll be relieved of the anxiety of imperfection. Great fucking statement. 
that's one of the things that will go. You just won't be that important anymore to work on. <laughs> I'm serious. You won't. <laughs> You'll get busy hanging out with other people and being of service to them. Yeah. Really. I have a lot of things. I'm telling you, I would have been in Urban Renewal Project the rest of my life. Because there is an underlying, no matter where you're at, there's an underlying perfection in the selfing that can never be reached. And it uses it to beat the living shit out of you. And you're never going to buy it off. You're never going to buy it off. I just lost interest, like it says in the book, I lost interest in myself. That's been the greatest thing that ever happened. You know, I don't feel, I don't give a shit of, I have no need to be liberated. I'm not interested in any new turbocharged technique to get higher in spirituality. I think I just love dog shit awareness. Just being <laughs> very clear that I'm on, and that's more than enough. Yeah. Yeah. Just works better for me. So maybe if you look at, you're giving a whole lot of meaning to eating those Oreos, and that's what's really choking you. It's not the Oreos. Yes, any more questions? No? Great. Well, uh, we'll end with the serenity prayer. Yeah.